Coming up this week, off screen. The daddies are home for Christmas. The sexes battle it out on the tennis court. Matt Damon takes us to Suburbicon. We get lost in Paris. The world gets his very first self movie in Star of Crow. The Nativity gets a new spin with The Star. There's monkey business with Jane Goodall. There's an infestation of beach rats. And romance hits the bricks. All those to come and more, off screen. This is. This is off screen. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Ooh, welcome to Offscreen, I'm Vancouver. And I saw Justice League and I didn't like it. No, neither did I, but... Yeah. Uh, also, my name is Case Allen. Oh, that too. Hi. We're not allowed to review it, remember? We're not allowed to. We're review not Justice allowed League. to we review, can't it. review Justice League. This is the rule, okay? They didn't <laughs> them's want the rules. Them's the rules. They didn't want us to see it. Therefore, we're not reviewing it. We're so. go- we're going to discuss it in the top five because it, it might be somewhere, sucked. and sucked, we sucked, we sucked. will discuss it in podcast extras. So we're going to yeah. we're going to talk about some positives. We're, we're not going to be whole, yeah. It whole, ended. Whole oh, you are the worst kind of person. <laughs> Have some news to shut you up. Okay, uh, what you got for uh, Seth Myers is going to host uh, the Golden Globes. Next really? Year. Yeah, I, I really fan. like that. I am. Yeah, I don't know why you're not as big of. I, th- I think it's just because there are so many. I've obviously. not seen enough of him. That's what it is. I've yeah. not seen enough of him. Uh, the bits that you show because you showed me a lot of YouTube clips. Uh, yeah, he does. He's yeah. got this uh, this this uh, this uh, night segment called uh, a closer look. Okay, which is really great. And is that it, his peeping tom segment? No, it's not. It, but it, it ostensibly is like a political viewpoint. Oh, okay. And uh, it's it's like a nine ten minute look, and it, it basically just looks at the wires. Can we just? And it's get, great. Can we just get John Oliver to do the Oscars already? Because that's where this needs to go. Oh, it's happening. Yeah. And we need John Oliver to do the Oscars. Jimmy Kimmel um, was great last year, and I think he'll be good for next year as well. Hmm. After everything that's happened, especially over the last couple yeah. of months. Uh, but at, at some point, you've got to get someone like John Oliver. Because remember when John Stewart did it? Yeah. And I was so good. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I mean, I'm looking at like who's hosted over the years, and the, the way things are going right now, I just sit there and I think, do you know what? Let's just go and get Seth McFarlane back and see what he slips in this time that we can hmm. decode in five years. You know, point. That, but, that, um, that could work. That could absolutely work. But Seth Myers, I think someone watched Jimmy Kimmel the Oscars and mm. said, we need someone like that. And Seth Myers and Jimmy Kimmel are way more alike than what you think. Well, yeah. well, With, th- with like some of the tone of their comedy this past year. Too many Jimmies on Late Night, man. There are far too many Jimmies. I only need one. There's two Jimmies in Jimmy James. I, mean, I don't particularly need him. I've, I was warming to him, and now I've now called on him again. Gordon. Yeah. Oh well, I, I'm really out of step with them. I watch the Daily Show every day, and uh, see, I've kind of fallen out of step with the Daily Show a little bit. And that's only because you can't access it on YouTube anymore. Ah, uh, well, um, they've, they've changed the settings. I, 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 I'm in with the Daily Show. I found out last night that uh, Tre- Trevor Noah is performing at the O2 in May, so I'm really tempted to go. As in Oto Arena? Yes. Or... Really? Yeah, the Oto Arena, he, he's there. In, 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 like, Still needs to get tickets to go see May. Chris Rock. Chris Rock's oh, playing at Leeds Arena. Of- all places in February. Because if you were Chris Rock, go. that's where you'd want to go. Leeds. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. totally. That, that's absolutely it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but the Daily Show last week tonight, those are all I watch. Uh, if I need a late night show, I'll be really honest, I do tend to go for Gordon. Right, okay. Uh, you don't really watch any, any Colbert? Uh, no, I watch bits. Like, I watch the YouTube bits. Yeah. You know, 
But uh, oh. I, don't know. I find like I prefer Corden to Jimmy Fallon, but he is more airing on Jimmy. There Fallon. are tropical I diseases I prefer Jimmy to Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I do love that picture where it's like he <laughs> <laughs> introduces his name and they frame laughing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good God, he's terrible. He's the absolute worst of the bunch. He is. Yeah, I liked him on Saturday Night Live. Don't really like him as a host. Looking at the camera all the time. Who do you I think know. he is? Carol Burnett. He's not earned what she earned. <laughs> oh, I found we got a joke from 12 years ago. <laughs> Which is funnier now than it was then. It is, yeah. And, uh, yeah, when you, when you look back at it. And it's like that American Dad moment of uh, the all is last moment. Do you know what? We were talking a bit today about Family Guy making like, Kevin Spacey jokes and Harvey Weinstein jokes. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm. Well, they, they've got, like, saying, they've got did, a track record of did that. Did Seth MacFarlane know something and... He seemed to know about Kevin Spacey. We know he knew about Harvey Weinstein. Mm. There's a weird moment. He comes in from which... something of like a theatre musical background yeah. world. So he does. Yeah. There was a weird moment though when they prophesized uh, Bruce Jenner. Do mm. you remember that? In which Suey randomly refers to Bruce Jenner as being a beautiful woman. Mm. Bruce Jenner is not a man, Brian. He's a beautiful woman. And this yeah. is like three, four years before, you know, uh, is it I Am Kate? Is that the show? Or? It's it, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's weird. I, I don't it's like it. The Simpsons, isn't it? Kind of love it, yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, first review of the week. Let's start <laughs> with a doozy. Let's talk Suburbicon. And, uh, you Su- Suburbic Owens. Suburbic Owens. Yeah. Suburbicloon? Suburbicloon? Suburbicloon. Suburbicloon. <laughs> Suburbicloon. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, right. <laughs> I don't want to get into it without, without doing the plot first. So, okay, the general idea here is that Matt Damon is the head of a 1950s household. Um, he has a young son, uh, you know, glamorous, gorgeous wife, played by Julianne Moore. Um, one night, his they live in Suburbicon, the you know, town, sort of mini town of the title, which is like the ultimate suburban paradise. It's, it's called Suburbicon. Yeah, it's actually called Suburbicon. Right. They live in Suburbicon. And uh, one night, the young son is woken up by his father and told, listen... There are men in the house. You need to come downstairs. They're going to take a few things, and they're going to leave us alone. Now, things go wrong. The father is obviously in in some form of debt to what appear to be mobsters. The wife dies in the process, and whilst the son is grieving with this, his 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 mother's twin sister also so conveniently played Moore. by Julianne yep. Moore with a different haircut. So you can tell. <laughs> has moved in and basically assumes the position of being his mother. Mm. Uh, in the meanwhile, there is a, there's an insurance investigator played by uh, Oscar Isaac who's sniffing around details trying to find out what exactly has gone on. Uh, questions, questions arise with the local police about what appears, to, what he's reporting to be a home invasion. And well, it, it's, it's got the Coens involved. So you can kind of see where this is gonna go. Here's a clip. Linda, uh, no calls. Sorry, Mr. Lodge, but I thought you might want this one. It's the police department. I'll take it. Yes. Mr. Lodge? Yes. This is Captain Gail Hightower. Right off the bat, I gotta tell you I'm sorry about your wife. Thank you. The other thing is, I got a couple of guys here I'd like you to look at. Stanford police picked them up last night and sent them down. Because of your description. They've been caught? (laughs) Don't get too anxious there, Mr. Lodge. Nobody's been caught unless you say they have. These are just two clowns picked up trying to kill each other. Well, what do you want me to do? Take a look at them. You know, if you'd be so kind. 
So, Matt Damon there, in, in relatively fine form. Now, this, on the surface of the marketing, I'll be really honest, I thought, oh, well, it looks intriguing, I bet you this goes the way of burn after reading. And then you watch it, and the first thing you realise is, okay, uh, George Clooney, directing again, uh, has really, he's got the goods. This is the kind of kind of uh, subject matter that Clooney does so well. Have you ever noticed that Clooney only seems to direct period pieces? Um, he's got a, Yeah, actually. Yeah, he's got a real fascination with 50s, 60s Americana. Of a what? I think the only one, the only modern one is uh, The Ads of March. Yeah, yeah, not? pretty much, yeah. yeah. But uh, this, there's a That's very... That's kind of like nondescript. Yeah, there's yeah. a very, uh, very uh, 50s, 60s aesthetic to his films, and obviously having it set in the height of suburbia really helps. What uh, really ruins this, though, actually, is that there are two very conflicting uh, films at work. So on the one hand, but here's the thing, you've got four writers on this. You've got the Coen brothers, George Clooney, and Grant Heslov. And they are presented to us on screen in two distinct lists. And it does kind of paint a picture that on the one hand, the Coen brothers have written a movie about Matt Damon and his family and this mobster plot and Oscar Isaac, etc., which plays as a Coen brothers movie. On the other hand, you have a movie about racism and integration in small town America, which we keep cutting back to and from within the film. In fact, the film literally opens with it. For what seems like 10 minutes, we deal with this storyline before we even get to the other, what's actually the main story. Mm. And the problem is that's more interesting a one. And that's clearly the one Clooney is more bothered about. Yet, it's the B-plot. And it it's really glaringly obvious all the way through this film that there are two sets of writers who've written two movies and they've simply woven them together without really much... Th- you are so concerned about whether or not you should... Whether or not you could, you never stop to think about whether or not you should. And, uh, yeah, there's a there's a great cast in there, though. I mean, Matt Damon's going for that, that wonderful farcical uh, style that we know he can do so well. Oscar Isaac, you know, hamming it up in that, uh, that moustache twirling way that only Oscar Isaac can and also how is he not one of the biggest stars in the world now uh, I think he is just it's under the radar <laughs> he's the under the radar biggest star in the world yeah he's in arguably the biggest film franchise yeah yeah he is I mean, there, obviously and uh, I, mean, I don't know where he is in the Avengers but I'm kidding I'm kidding don't you get annoyed at me give it time <laughs> Like, um, I, w- I would not be shocked if he s- turns up in like Captain a Marvel, Marvel movie. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, but, uh, in House of Disney, isn't he? I think he'd be a great villain. But you have to be an actual villain, though. Anyway, um, not, uh, not Apocalypse. Not Apocalypse. <laughs> uh, Julianne Moore, I think, does tremendous work here. But really, she's it, it's kind of an extension of the sort of what, what they were going for in Kingsman. Not what they actually did, what they were going for, mm. which is that character who's really deeply rooted in the Americana of it all, who really rooted in the Cinerama appeal, that very polished diner veneer kind of thing. Uh, this is kind of the logical extension of that. But thankfully, it doesn't remind you too much of Kingsman because the film isn't bad. Anyway, um... The second Kingsman. Second Kingsman. Yeah. Kingsman 2, sorry. Uh, Noah Jupe, though, I quite like as the young uh, young male lead, young child lead. Uh, I think he's tremendous. I think he's, re- got some- he's really got something here. Uh, I like the film very much. Uh, I-, I say I had issues with the conflicting uh, storylines, but I think it's an- another solid film from director George Clooney, which apparently is going to be more than norm going forward now, because he's is he, re- is he actually retiring from acting? Is that I've not heard anything about this. Oh, okay. Apparently he is dialing it down. Because he does have a billion dollars. So... Yeah. Yeah. He does billion have dollars, a billion dollars. like, incredible wife. Yeah. He's, got, yeah. he's married to literally twins, the greatest yeah. woman on earth. She's and amazing. Yeah, yeah, she is. I mean, <laughs> if she looked like Roxanne McKee, I'd be head over heels in love with her. Mm. Um, I love that joke from a couple of years ago. He's um, been given, like, a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Golden Globes. And uh, um, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, like, listing all of the achievements oh, yeah. that she has done. I've been saying, and now we're here celebrating her husband. <laughs> like, exactly, yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> but what was the one about they said about gravity though it's like uh, gravity a movie that uh, a movie that start, but finally confirms that George Clooney would rather jettison himself to his own death than <laughs> yeah. spend time around a woman his own age yeah yeah absolutely yeah I can believe that I love that movie so much Seamus Warner Brothers anyway yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, let's plug podcast and competitions real quick competitions this week we're giving away that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, movie The Child oh, the, in Time the BBC one the BBC one yeah. The Child in Time uh, meant to be really good I've never had the pleasure it stars Kelly McDonald as well, isn't it? Oh, I love her. Is it great. based on Ian Rankin? Is it really? Ian I, I'm not sure. To be honest, um, I think it is Ian Rankin, but yeah. it's it's meant to be really, really good. I'm reliably told it's great. Um, I was also reliably told by the same source that Strike was very good. I watched that this past weekend. I'd very much enjoyed it. I had to cram because I was interviewing Tom Burke. Yes, of yeah. course, yeah. And I had never seen it, so I thought, I probably better watch this. I'm going to watch this now. <laughs> I probably should watch this. And then I asked him inadvertently the most cynical question I've ever asked anyone. Um, You're going to tell us. You need to tell us now. It, okay. So. In a, in, a, in a TV landscape dominated by procedurals and detective dramas where that's absolutely the norm, why on earth would you look at this and just randomly pick this one? Got a point. Pretty cynical. Yeah. I mean, it, it's honest. And he was like, because it's great. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I would have, I, I'll be honest with you, I would have respected him so much if he'd just turned around and gone, JK Rowling, you But... Yeah. He didn't. Anyway, <laughs> he was he was really nice. He was a really good sport, and uh, I can't thank him enough. He was really good. Uh, podcast edition, Acast, Deezer, iTunes. Pick your podcast platform of preference and uh, bask in the cinematic goodness where we uh, we inject cinema into your ears and uh, complete with. <laughs> that just sounds yeah, bad, doesn't yeah. it? Complete with a moment of cage, which is always fun. With the latest film news and reviews, this is off screen. The on-screen radio show. And we're back. Thank you, Doctor Strange. So, mm, shall we discuss Ms. Goodall? Mrs. Goodall? Ms. Goodall? I don't know. She was married or... Doctor Goodall? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Doctor. Yeah, Doctor. Right, can I just absolutely make a confession? Because I think most people are with me on this one. M- most regular people only know Jane Goodall because of Gorillas, Gorillas in the Mist. Mist. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. That, that's pretty much all I know about Jane Goodall. It's about, and there's an episode of The Simpsons where Simpsons go to Africa, and uh, there's, yeah. there's a lady that works with chimps who, who just says Jane Goodall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, because that's yeah. what you do. Yeah. So um, this is a Nat Geo doc. This is a National Geographic documentary, um, which is kind of almost ironic given the, given the events they actually depicts at one point National Geographic did cut her funding. Um, it is the story of Jane Goodall. It's how she became Jane Goodall, how she lived the rest of her life, what happened after that movie, what she's doing today. Uh, Jane Goodall, you know, pretty much the world's authority on chimpanzees, isn't she? Mm. Chimpan- chimpanzees, gorillas? What's the actual? Because obviously it's gorillas in the mix. Yeah. So I assume gorillas. But are they are they chimps? Are they apes? I I don't know. I, I never know the distinction. I, I, I'm I really terrible. Should. Yeah, I'm really terrible with the distinction. But yeah, so it is a complete biographical documentary. Here is a clip. The more I learned, the more I realized how like us they were. Truth is stranger than fiction, and fiction can be transformed into prophecy. Here we have a perfect example of that evolution. Jane Goodall, tall, blonde and beautiful. Living with the chimpanzees in the wilds of Africa. Were you ever really very frightened? I thought they were nicer than us. I had no idea of their brutality. What would happen if Jane Goodall met Andy Serkis? Like they must have, that. they must have, they met. must have met at some point. You, you yeah, assume, you'd imagine don't you? so. Yeah. Like he, she's like the world's expert. 
you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, wanting to study, wanting to do a movie about stars and not talking to Brian Cox or Stephen Hawking. It just wouldn't happen. You talked to Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah. yeah. Well, we're, actually. We're, we're all made of star stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I, this is a really, really great documentary. Um, it's... it's m- it, it's obviously it's as informative as you expect it to be. Um, it's a lot more moving than you'd think, though, as well. Mm. And uh, the, it, just the way in which she... Because there's a lot of lost footage in there that's been brought in. There's a lot of sort of up-to-date footage. There's a lot of talking head footage. It's a very traditional documentary in terms of how it's staged. Um, it's not an Asif Kapadia joint, if you can imagine that. Um but it is very moving, very haunting at times. And the transition between the different kinds of footage they have is relatively seamless. It does seg in and out, but it does so in a way that feels organic and feels natural. Mm. doesn't feel dumped in. doesn't feel kind of... It doesn't feel like an iMovie hatchet job. You know, like so many of these things. Pick a sports personality and usually they feel like an iMovie hatchet right. job. But uh, this is not that at all. Um, I was really moved by it. I, I came away from it feeling like, actually, I know a lot, so much more about this woman than I ever thought I would. Would. I feel like I actually understand how her mind works, and that's that's actually kind of impressive to me. Because obviously, you can learn a lot about a person from a documentary, mm. but learning how they think and how they see the world—that's the—that's the important part. And I, this is one of those few documentaries that really does that. And you can argue that's the difference, between, you know, between a standard documentary and a really good one. But uh, this is a really good one. But um, th- there are points in this that you you will outright cry. And I think that's really something. But uh, over to you some film news in the meanwhile, sir. I mean, have you uh, have you got something intriguing to tell us? Uh, yeah, I have kind of X-Men news. Kind of X-Men yeah. news? Uh, uh, X-Men uh, spin-offs. X-Men sp- Oh, what have they done no. now? Well, what is what they will do. What they will do, okay. What will they do? What won't they Actually, do give, give them credit, though. Fox will announce X-Men spin-offs like their M&Ms, but they will at least have the decency to make them. They're not DC yeah, movies. That's a good point. Yeah, They're not DC movies where we'll, yeah. just, we'll announce an Alfred We're, Butler spin-off. Exactly. But we'll, we'll never make you, it. You're going to have a Gentleman Ghost film. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Get ready for Condiment Man, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Get, you know, get ready for uh, Sinestro, the movie, uh, starring Jeffrey Rush. Never going to happen. I'd love that. That would be amazing. That wasn't Jeffrey Rush. He was he, in Green He Lantern. was in a Lance. Yeah, it was, he? he was. He was. He was like. He was like a mental. It wasn't Abin Sir. It wasn't Sinestro. He was one of the CGI ones. He was one of the CGI ones. Yeah, Mark Strong was Sinestro. Yes, Mark Strong was. Yes, I, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. But. Yeah, but, uh, no. Uh, this one. Um, well, we know we know that Gambit has been trying to get to the screen for a long time. They have female lead. Don't they have they? female lead, which I like very much. I'm okay. a big fan of this. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan is I'm, in talks I'm a huge fan for that. Of that. Very I probably you would be. I want, I want Lizzie great. Kappa to be in massive films. Yeah. And like, be ace in them and have like yeah. amazing characters. She's always ace. She's great. Uh, yeah. Even in The Interview, which is not a very good movie. She's still ace in it. Yeah. I was yeah. talking to someone about that today, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically. <laughs> Were you saying they Small hate world. us because they ain't us? Is that what it is? Uh, no, someone <laughs> did say that. Yeah. I love that that's the takeaway from that movie, that phrase. Yeah. We have a lot of just, like very random discussions in my lessons. Just, but, yeah. Oh, actually, though, Go sticking on. with James Franco, is that not your uh, This your is This is my segue. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. Very clever. What we got then? Yeah, uh, I've also announced that uh, there is going to be a, another uh, X-Men spin-off mm-hmm. of Mumford. Uh, uh, Mumford and Son? Mumford and Son. <laughs> uh, multiple Man. Multiple Man. Yeah, because that's a hero that everyone needs. Yeah. Yeah, okay. starring James Franco. He was a household name, wasn't he? Presumably, because he's in a TV show right now called The Deuce, which is on HBO, where he plays twins. Okay. Where he's playing two characters. Fair enough. So presumably he's just like, oh, it's all right. That's oh. more than one of me. This is great. Uh, Kermode had him on stage the other night with Dave Franco. 
Oh, yeah, the, uh, uh, disaster artist. Yeah, they were yeah. both on stage at the uh, BFI for uh, MK3D with uh, Amarasante. And I'll, oh, be nice. re- I'll be really honest, I'd have been more impressed talking to Amarasante because out, out of that lineup. But uh, Amarasante, man. Yeah, Bell's a great film. I enjoyed that. Okay. Just, yeah. Just what's, what's the one with uh, Rosamund Pike and. Oh, man. What was it? Uh, and David, uh, David Oyelowo. Yeah, uh, 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 A United Kingdom. You know, yeah, that a was United good. That was good as well. It's very good. I cannot put into words how excited I am for the disaster artist. That's very true. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Come on. Um, there are talker screenings, by the way, going, doing the rounds Monday night. I will find out some details for you. But <laughs> your eyes find just that lit out. up. Let me know. Your eyes Let just me know. lit up. I know that it is. Okay. I, I, felt, I felt my head just go... Mm. Yeah, oh, that, that, that's fair, that's fair. Okay, yeah. um, can I tell you about a movie you're going to absolutely love? Do it, and do it quickly. It is called The Star, All and right. it is the story of the nativity, animated from the perspective of the animals. Oh, you had me at that. Tell <laughs> <laughs> me anything on the, from the perspective of an animal. Led, led by a donkey called Bo, voiced by Stephen Yun from The Walking Dead, who has a... Glenn. <laughs> yes, Glenn from The Walking Dead. He has a pigeon friend voiced called by... Dave, played by Keegan-Michael Key. I'm in. Yeah, I know. I'm in. <laughs> uh, they have they have a sheep friend whose voice I forget. Um, um, I'm, 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 I'm going to go to IMDb. I'm, I'm absolutely pulling up the list. And uh, in, they are trying. They are basically escorting Mary and Joseph on their way to Bethlehem to give birth. To, yeah, Ad Bryant. Sorry, was the was the oh uh, from uh, Saturday Night Live. Yes, yeah, uh, I like her. Zach Levi and uh, Gina Rodriguez are Joseph and Mary, respectively. Christopher so, uh, Plummer- Jane Jane Virgin. Yep. yep. Uh, Christopher Plummer is Herod. Good casting. <laughs> right. And uh, as the... Was, was it originally uh, Kevin Spacey? Was it? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's the thing. I absolutely believe that, because I wasn't looking at your face. Absolutely. But here's where it gets interesting. Ving Rhames, Oprah Winfrey, what? and Tracy Morgan are the three camels r- ridden by the three kings on the way to the birth of Christ. Oh, and Anthony Anderson's in there. And Anthony Anderson's in there. Mariah Chris, Carey's Chris, in Chris Christopherson's in Chenoweth. there. Yeah, Tyler Perry is Oprah. in there. Yeah, I know. It's, it, oh, it's this is a who's who. It really is. I'll tell you what. Here's a script. Uh, here's a script. <laughs> here's a script. Here's a clip of the... Th- <laughs> didn't have to watch a film. We were all just given this. Didn't watch, we didn't watch them. We just read the script on the bus on the way home. Uh, <laughs> animation wasn't done yet. <laughs> uh, here is a clip of the three camels uh, bickering. Hang on! Cyrus! Jabra! Come on, guys! Wait up! I expected a left turn two deserts ago. I can't believe we passed that last oasis. I'm getting thirsty. Oh, oh. These wise guys are lost. Wise men don't get lost, Felix. So you're saying they know where this birthday party is? And what makes you so certain it's a birthday party? Oh, here we go. Have you seen the presents these guys are bringing? Gold? Myrrh? Frankincense? Could be a baby shower. You bring gifts to a baby shower. Baby shower? What is a baby going to do with frankincense, silly camel? It's a birthday party. Clearly none of those were actually lines in the script. They just told Tracy Morgan to just say yeah. whatever he wanted. Tracy, and, be a camel. Yeah, <laughs> Tracy, just pretend you're a camel for a minute. What would you say if you were a camel? And he just came out with some Bible-related stuff, and they mm. thought, actually, that kind of weirdly lines yeah, up. Let's, let's have that. Uh, it was Tyler Perry instead of Ving Rhames, sorry, as, as you've corrected me. Um, so, so it's Tyler Perry, Tracy Morgan, Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey, they are the camels. Uh, this is, it's pretty snoozeworthy. It's relatively un, un, unchallenging a film. It's kind of dull at times. The animation is a bit basic, a bit iOS game. You know, like a, a game that... A, 
child play on iPad. In fact, it plays a lot like you know those <laughs> those weird Christian video games they make for young for the young children of devout yes. devout fundamentalist Christians. It plays a lot like one of those. Um, the scale of threat in it is is more or less non-existent. The stories are annoyingly twee and sickeningly sweet, and you just sit there and you think, if I were four, I'd find this patronising. <laughs> and you come away from it thinking there were a lot of Christmas, uh, a lot of sort of choral poppy Christmas songs in there. There's a lot of anachronistic, uh, you know, pop songs about uh, you know, Bethlehem and things you like. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And then the weird part for me personally is that over the end credits, they play the the young life of Jesus in still still image cartoons with the donkey present. So that basically we get Jesus' life from the perspective of the donkey, and I'm sort of thinking, isn't it very telling that you stop that just you stop that before you get to the crucifixion? Yeah, yeah. How old is this donkey? Like, I know this donkey lives forever, but uh, yeah, <laughs> make of that what you will. Also, it's a children's film with Chris Christopherson in it. I'm never going to call that a bad thing. No, that's uh, that's okay. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen, the on-screen radio show. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So, uh, are you ready to get your tennis on? Always. Because I don't know if you've noticed this, but this year has turned into the unlikely year of the tennis movie. Because we had B- uh, Borg back yeah. yeah, and then and then this. And so, two. <laughs> two. Yeah, but two really good ones. Because guess what? This is really good. Uh, this I'm not surprised by being good. I was surprised by the other one being good. Well, the other one was quite good, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, so, okay, so this is uh, directed by Jonathan Dayton, Jonathan, is it Drayton, Dayton, Dayton, and uh, Valerie Farris, who brought us Little Miss Sunshine. I thought we did, yeah. Yeah, husband and wife team who brought us Little Miss Sunshine, written by Simon Beaufoy, uh, who, of course, did he win the Oscar for uh, Slumdog Millionaire? Yes. Can't remember. Yes. Yeah, he won. Okay. Um, so this one, all-star cast in here, you've got Steve Carell, Emma Stone, Sarah Silverman, Andrea Riseborough, Bill Pullman, Alan Cumming, uh, who else? I feel like I'm forgetting some. One and coming, Elizabeth Shue, Eric Christian Olsen, Fred Armisen is in here. You know, it, it, there's a really good cast in there. Austin Stoll, who I know from somewhere, and for the life of me, I can't figure it out. Where do I know Austin Stoll from? I don't know. I, Some uh, kind I of war movie. Apparently, he's in Whiplash. Oh, tell like he played uh, Frank, uh, Gary Powers in Bridge of Spies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. That, that's kind of it. Also, most importantly, he was in A Dolphin Tale. Anyway, uh, <laughs> lest you forget. Yes. As was Chris Christopherson. As was Chris Christopherson. So yeah. we're bringing this all back around. And the less said about uh, A Dolphin Tale too, the better. <laughs> anyway, so this is the true story of the 1973 Battle of the Sexes, the much-touted televised tennis match between Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King. Uh, so played here by Steve Carell and Emma Stone, respectively. The entire gist, if you're not familiar with the real events, um, is that uh, Steve Carell's Bobby Riggs is an outright chauvinist. He's also, he's 55 years old, he's past his prime, he's playing in the senior leagues, so he's not really competing properly in, in his own sort of former former stomping mm. his former big field um he's something of an exhibition player really um and he's bored and he knows he's winding down but he decides he's going to take on feminism he's going to actually prove feminism to be the hogwash that he says it is and uh, he he challenges for a cash prize 
any woman to beat him. Uh, into this mix, uh, Margaret Court comes up first. He beats her very easily. And Billie Jean King decides she's going to take one for the team. She's going to stand up in the name of feminism. She is going to face Bobby Riggs. And although this on paper sounds easy enough, unfortunately, he is still quite a, quite a good player. But also, she has her own personal life problems to deal with. She's begun a relationship with her hairdresser, played by uh, Andrea Riseborough, who still, by the way, seems to be able to play 20 to 45 as yeah, well. quite easily, yeah. She is an ageless woman. Mm. She exists in a vacuum in which age is not a concept. Anyway, uh, so there's a relationship, a, a, a going sort of closed, uh, behind behind closed doors, closeted relationship with Andrew Riseborough's character. Um, there's also her own uh, self-worth, her own physical fitness. And in the meanwhile, Bobby Rick is having his own issues relating to money and his own growing gambling problem. Here's a clip of their press conference pre-game. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love women, in the bedroom and in the kitchen, but these days they want to be everywhere, they want to be doing everything. Where is it going to end? Pretty soon us fellas are going to be able to go to a ball game, we're not going to be able to go fishing, we're not going to be able to stop and have a drink after work, and that's what this whole women's lit thing is about, and it's got to stop, and Bobby Riggs is the man to stop it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Custer's last stand. This is the lobber versus the lever. <laughs> <laughs> Keep talking, Bobby. The more nonsense you spell, the worse it's going to be when you lose. Oh, well, I'm the ladies' number one. I'm the champ. Why would I lose? Because oh, dinosaurs can't play tennis. Oh. I'm going to put the show back in chauvinism. It's really, really good. And part of the reason it's really, really good, I think the biggest part of the reason it's really, really good is because Emma Stone and Steve Carell absolutely knock it out of the park. I mean, you can hear from the clip, he's so in this. Although, weirdly, mm. certainly, you know, if you took that exact line of dialogue and ran through some kind of speech algorithm to impersonate the voice of Donald Trump, would it not sound like an actual <laughs> speech? Yeah, it would, and it really yeah, would, would never it? complain yeah. about no it. No one would, and it'd probably completely fly on a modern news broadcast in the US. Anyway, so um, it's it's terrific. She is absolutely, just absolutely sterling as uh, as Billie Jean King. She's just she's got the vulnerability down. She's got the heart and soul of that character down. And I'd be very curious to see what the preparation process was like on her part. Now, for obviously, Steve Carell's an easier ride because there's something of a caricature-like nature to Bobby Riggs anyway. Um, there's a really fascinating moment, actually. You know they do that thing over the end credits where they play the pictures of the real events, kind of thing? And it, it's shocking, actually, how much Steve Carell seems to have got the charisma Mm. of Bobby Riggs down rather than making an impersonation. He seems to have tapped into that charisma and found his own distinct way to channel it. Uh, but I do think Stone gets the heavier lifting. She gets the bigger job. And I think she walks away more triumphant. Um, I do think, strangely though, the most uh, interesting character in it is the most unexpected. And that's Bill Pullman as Jack Kramer, who's the sexist commentator. And at one point becomes kind of a political uh, fixed point in it. A point of contention between uh, King and, and Bob Riggs. Uh, the uh, the style of it, the cinematography of it, it is not that. If I'm really honest, is not that dissimilar to Borg McEnroe mm. because of the period setting. And there's only so so many ways you can show, you know, a period piece tennis court. There's only so many ways that can be done. Although neither film has done a, done a bad job in that at all. I've been invested in in both. I think the script is sharp. It's it's got energy. It's got spark. It's got wit. It's got heart. It's got emotion. It it's got a brilliant rhythm to it, and it's a rhythm you can very easily very easily find yourself running along with. With. Um, I loved it. Beginning to end, I absolutely loved it. And I know you're, yeah, it's something that you'd watch, isn't it? This film. 
I think it's, it's you have expressed before that you want to watch it. I I mean I like watching films, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely gonna I, say I, it. I, I like the films. <laughs> I, I like the movies. I like you know the talkies as Ben known today. I too am a fan of the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Went a little bit Family Guy caricature, didn't yeah. you? Uh, I like Alan Cumming in this as well, actually. Also, Natalie Morales, I haven't seen around in a while. She's no, in no this. Advice. Yeah. But, uh, and Sarah Silverman doing that token Sarah Silverman performance she does now. You know, she turns up in, it, weirdly, it's, the, it's like a serious version of her role from Popstar, where she plays his manager. Mm. Yeah. It's weird. I, I just want him to be everywhere, you know, yeah. like oxygen or clinical depression. Mm. That one. It looks quite a bit like him as well, actually. They do actually yeah, quite they've, like they've, each other. They've, um, they've uh, I will well. say, Emma Stone does make Billie Jean King slightly dorkier than she actually was, actually though. Was, yeah. yeah, there's, there's something like, it's like 20% dorkier. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, do you want to give me a piece of film news before we do the top five? I don't. I want to go straight to the top five. <laughs> Let's just do it. Well, your Let's wish do it now. Your wish is my command, sir. Number five. Children are only allowed one decent parent, two, at Christmas. What? <laughs> what film? Are we, I've completely forgot. What are we talking about? Bad Mum's Christmas Day. Oh, whatever. Mom's, whatever it sorry, is I was called. thinking da- Daddy's Home. I'm like, that's not in the top five yet. No, that um, that'll be my title for that one. Yeah. Actually, okay. So Bad yeah. Mum's Christmas. Because because that's my takeaway from the first film. Kids were only allowed one good parent. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly yeah, that's, that. That's clearly that. Yeah. And, and and Daddy's locked in his office with his computer. And we don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, it's not a patch on the first one. It's it's not any good. I don't think I actually laughed out loud once. And I don't want to talk too much about it because it comes up a lot when we talk about Daddy's Home 2, for obvious reasons. Um, but no, I, I didn't laugh at all. I got chuckled once or twice. So what, what do you got for me? The Twitters says, uh, at Schick Jacob. Don't know what that means. Don't know who you are. Uh, Bad Mom's Christmas. Did anyone expect this to be good? It's got a point. Yeah. Uh, a collection of holiday scenes are thrown together haphazardly with a nice little moral of the story to finish it up. Well, do you know what? I feel like that's a pretty much adequate review of it, to be honest. Number four. Four Ragnarok. Which you loved. I loved. Oh, yeah, Everybody so loved. Got, got twice in heart, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> I went a bit Will I Am, though, so you love, I love, everybody loves. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I I've seen this so many times now. It's getting silly, and uh, yeah, I've only seen it about, about one time. I, I I'm not sick of it yet. That's the annoying thing. Um, it's, it's great. It's it is great, and I I want more of it. And it's one of those great Marvel movies that makes you want to be there to see the events after the film. Not yeah. not big storyboards, but you just want more of the world. I want to know what happens like when they're on the ship. Yeah, yes. but I want more. I just want more of that world. I, I want to experience more of it, and I want to. I want the the next. I want the next day in the life. Do you think Marvel try to get uh, Taika Waititi to do something else? I think they will now. I'm sorry, but it's gone. It's gone down too well. Yeah, so it's it, just yeah. let him go. He he himself though has become too beloved because of it. Yeah, he has. He's he's so charismatic in a way that like, you've not seen since James Gunn. Honestly, like three he, years he ago, is, he is also an actor as well as being. Yeah, an actor. And I think that's but that's the difference Thor, with him. He? Of course, yeah. yeah. That's the difference between him and someone like a James Gunn. <laughs> For example, like he knows how to really carry himself off. It is. Of James Gunn's a very good social network guy, though. He is absolutely. That, yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, not diminishing that at all. So, uh, tweet for me um, at Elena, uh, Elena Barlow. Uh, it says uh, already saw uh, Ragnarok four times. Uh, at Carl Urban is still my favourite. Can't disagree. Yeah. He's no Korg. He's no Doctor Strange. He's no Hulk. 
It's good, though, isn't it? But he's good. Yeah. And, you know, Des and Troy, big fan. Number three. Murder on the Orient Express. Alas, I have yet to board the Orient Express. I was supposed uh, to see it yesterday, as I have well, told you. I've, I've not, so because... No. I, I will see it before next week. I will eventually. I took, someone on Twitter must have seen it, so I'm sure they can review it for us. This guy's seen it. Okay. So, Who is this at guy? SP underscore Cantwell. Okay. Or <laughs> Most Allowed and Constantly Dancing. Great Twitter name. Excellent. Loving that. Moida. I'm going to say Moida. Moida on the Express is a very good adaptation. I liked Brandon more than I liked uh, I liked Finney, but neither can hold a candle to Suchet. Touche, sir. Number two. Paddington 2. <laughs> Which, it, it's the most adorable movie of the year, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'll be really honest, I was kind it's, of... It's between that and uh, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I'm. I'm. I'll be really honest. I, I'm kind of annoyed that I wasted the quote, the best sequel of this year, on Blade Runner 2049. Oh, because this is better. Because this you is know, absolutely this better. is this is so groundbreaking and, and ahead of us. <laughs> no, this is the weird thing. I think this and Blade Runner they do make for a serious argument that we have seen two completely different kinds of wonderful sequel this year. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. that that's brilliant to me. I think they they represent what you can do with a for sequel, a sequel. Yeah. and so you can do more and beef it up, or you can expand the world. And I think both of those films do something up. Paddington Two is just delightful mm. there is no it's so charming and it's moving and i could have cried at the end i'm not even kidding i actually wanted to cry big manly tears not like little girly tears big big manly tears but uh, have you got a tweet for me yes <laughs> do you want to i i wouldn't mind uh at cinebean <laughs> cinebean uh, hashtag paddington 2 is a film a film about a bear a bear who does lovely things for other people. A lovely bear in a film with literally no negatives to speak of. In short, it's a magnificent film about a most magnificent bear. A very cute bear. I love that bear. That's absolutely delightful. Number one. What was that music? That is the theme tune to Justice League Unlimited, and the reason that is on there is just to remind oh, you how God. good Justice League could be. So, I love yeah. I love it when there's a film that we don't like. I do really love it. I hate it when it's a Justice League film or when it's a DC Heroes <laughs> film. I hate it so much. Because we just get this incessant ranting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's just get it over with. Alright, tell you what, I'm, I'm not gonna watch, cause we, 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 you know, we talked about it at the beginning, we're gonna talk about it in the podcast we're extras. Gonna t- we're gonna talk about it podcast extras. Okay, I'm yeah. just gonna say it sucks. How about that? I it's like, a yeah, terrible movie. That's succinct. There you go. That's, okay, that's you wanna throw in something before the tweet? It sucks. There we are. <laughs> tweet away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it sucks as much as you think it sucks, but it's definitely, it's not what they wanted, it's not what they needed. You know, once, about 20 years ago, I spent a night in a Romanian airport. Where is this going? A deserted Romanian airport with one very crappy rundown shop that only sold these very awful cheese sandwiches. The tea and coffee was like the worst kind of brown water mm. and uh, there were pigeons everywhere it was the one of the worst nights of my entire life and yet i would happily go through that again rather it's, it than ever like watch Zach, justice league it sounds like Zack snyder directed that you know what? I no. All you need is like a really like evil no, cover no, 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 no. It's all like no because that evening was consistent. Justice League is not. So please over to the tweet. That sums it up. Yeah. Uh, at uh, Abby Gallup. Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 go out. Go on. Um, I saw Justice League last night. 
it was competent. In parts, it was as good as one of the better director DVD superhero animations. One of the most positive things I've heard. So oh, it really is, actually. Uh, you could often forget Zack Snyder directed it. That's a the, positive, the, technically. Yeah, the yeah. Flash was good. Two stars. I'll go with that. All of that and two stars. Yeah. Cinema in 2017. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. We're back, and I just want to point out, that wasn't intentional. We did not realise that Wonder Woman was going to play Yes, he did. He's been talking about it all day. I haven't even mentioned the idents today. Okay, um, (laughs) do you want to give me a quick piece of news? Thanks, man. That was the joke. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, on the notes, it was meant to be Iron Man. I just never got around to changing it. Oh, that's even worse. That would have been, wouldn't it? That would have been terrible. Oh, I should have done the Avengers. Should have. Oh, if it's still number one next week, let's intentionally put the Avengers there. Anyway, let me move my big sack of money from Marvel and Disney (laughs) and stop talking about just... <laughs> okay, just in, in the interest of balance, can we just point mm. out Inhumans, now that it's over, was dreadful. Yeah, it yeah, was dreadful. Yeah. You know, Different division, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Punisher, though, really. Not started good. yet. Heard amazing things about so it. So good. So, so good. good. Do, I'm, I'm trumping now. I'm doing the Donald Trump thing with the hand. Oh. Trumping? You can't really say trumping, can you? You can't. You can't no. use them as. Well, you can use Sounds them as. Sounds like a blowing verb, raspberries. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing the Donald Trump thing. So good. So using, good. using Trump as a verb like means different things to different people, I feel. <laughs> well, it does if you're a woman under 40. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, uh, so a uh, <laughs> piece of news for the... Yeah, um, The Terminator, as in the new reboot, was yeah. coming out. The Terminator 6 slash 3. Yeah, what, yeah. whatever we're going to... Whatever we're going with. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, got 3D. A, it's, got, it's got a new writer. Oh, it has, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Billy Ray, who is great. He's that, really that, good. I just love his name. Billy Ray. Like, if yeah. he doesn't do country music on the side... That's the thing, like, all, all he's missing is Osiris. He really That's is, isn't he? Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. He's, he, he needs some, like, line dancing in his life. Yeah, but he, uh, what's he written? He's written uh, Captain Phillips. He did. He also wrote really like. uh, uh, State of Play. The, yeah. The, the Ben Affleck, that's, Russell Crowe. That's really good. That, like, that is. Yeah, because that is adapted on my BBC show, isn't it? Yeah, John Sim and David Morrissey, wasn't it? Yeah. No, it's but, Affleck um, and Russell Crowe. The really yeah. good, really. And really it stars good. the Orange uh, Wednesdays movie guy. Yes, it does. Hurt me, Gunther. Make me bleed. I... We make the fourth in the trilogy. <laughs> yeah. uh, trilogy is free. <laughs> yeah, those, those efforts were great. Yeah, I missed those. What else? Um, uh, he, he did wrote, Hunger Games, didn't he? Uh, yeah, Hunger Games, yeah. Uh, Flight Plan. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. God, that's a movie I'd, I'd gratefully forgotten. Yeah, Ooh. I forgot that was a thing. I forgot. Um, yeah. Do you know what he directed? Go on. What did he direct? I didn't even know he directed any. What did he direct? <gasps> This is amazing. You're going to blow my mind, aren't you? It is. Go on, what is it? Shatter Glass. No way! Yeah. That movie that only you and I like in yeah. the whole world. He wrote and directed it. No way. Yeah. Okay. The, that... the film by Hayden Christensen is brilliant. Yeah, he is actually good. If yeah. you've never seen Shattered Glass, Case and I are, for once, in agreement on this. It is brilliant. You must see it. And Hayden Christensen is really good in it. Yeah. I mean, granted, there's no sand in that film. There's no sand. Because yeah. it's, it's coarse and it gets everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm haunted by the kiss that you should never have given me. <laughs> God, Lord, that movie sucks. So I turned to it in, in my vows, in, in my wedding vows. Oh, you should, absolutely should have. should have done. Yeah. You really should have. Uh, but then the fact that, you know, Kenny Baker died at the same time would have kind of oh, made God, that yeah, far he, worse. He died on the day I got married. Yeah, if no one knows yeah. this, the, the news alert that Kenny Baker died came through to everyone's phones as Case was saying his wedding vows. Yeah. And, so. and then for like an hour after we... Actually, got married. Had people being congratulations. Like, oh, Have you heard about R two D two? R two D two just died. Sorry. About that. <laughs> Thank you everyone for coming. R 2s dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> but okay, so uh, final review of the week. Uh, let's talk about the daddy of all comedies. In fact, two of them. Daddy's Home Two. So, um, were you a fan of the first one? Like, yeah, if you, if you remember, we came over and we watched it with. Uh, we did, yes. Yeah, we we were pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah, okay. So I like Daddy's Home. You like Daddy's Home. Yeah. There is now a Daddy's Home too. I think like Bad Mums, it's like 40, 13, 14 months after the first one, so it's not exactly getting. I remember long. when like both of those films were greenlit, and we were like, mm-hmm. "How are they going to come out in November?" Exactly, it's, it's bonkers, isn't it? They, they started shooting in like March or something like that. Well, I kind of feel like. Someone photocopied a script somewhere. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because the concept of these, of this, Pretty and similar. Bad Mom's Christmas, very, very similar. So just choose one and go, go see one. Just choose one. Yeah, save right. yourself tenner. I'm going to save you some suspense. Uh, the daddies win this one. The moms don't. Okay. The, the daddies come off better than norms. Anyway, but not by much. But they do. Anyway, so the idea is, it's a, a year or so after. It's got to be at least two Christmases after the events of Daddy's Home because mm. they've established that the family are kind of annoyed at having to split Christmas between two dads. So one Christmas they go to Mark Wahlberg's, the next Christmas they go to, to you know, with their mom and uh, uh, Will Ferrell. And uh, they decide this year they want what they call a together Christmas. And this, no sooner have they decided this than the phone rings, and in the same way that uh, that Mark Wahlberg showed up in the first movie, Mel Gibson shows up to visit his estranged son. And his visit happens to coincide, bear in mind this is at Christmas, with John Lithgow's visit as well. He's Will Ferrell's dad. And basically, now you've got two rival granddads and two sort of kind of coexisting co-dads, but the rival between them is flaring back up. We have a clip of what happens when they decide to go away. The whole family is going to go away to a remote ski lodge cabin thing for mm. Christmas, for their together Christmas, and how Mel Gibson is forced to sit in silence through the following car journey. It's time for One Word Story. Oh, stories. Anyone can join in. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, have to be you, just dad. You always do the, okay. give us the best start. Uh, uncle. Thomas. Went tiptoeing into the Empire State Building. <laughs> <laughs> Where are I you going with that one? <laughs> this all took place at the pancake breakfast. <laughs> 56 bottles of beer on the wall. 56 bottles of beer. GG, Georgia, Georgia license plate. Ready and quiet game. I can't do it! I, I hate the quiet game! I know you're gonna do something to make me laugh! <laughs> You can sort of get the tone there, can't you? What you yeah. can't see, obviously, is Mel Gibson's stone face through it all. Um, now, the, the thing with this is, first of all, they're positioning this as a family film. Uh, I think it was Box Office Mojo or one of those websites that does box office statistics actually ran a headline with the release of Daddy's Home to Mel Gibson, his family friendly again. And it's opened Ooh. unintentionally a conversation <laughs> that I don't think anyone ever really wanted to have. And I'm sorry, but the short result is Mel Gibson was never family friendly. Even when he was in his prime and he was accepted as a Hollywood star, he was never family friendly. He was an R-rated thriller. Yeah, guy. what what family films has he even been in? Arguably, Maverick and Chicken Run, and that's it. Yeah, and the, uh, off the top, mad. What was that? Uh, was the one he's in with Jamie Lee Curtis? Is that family film? I don't the, know. What's that called? Pass. I have absolutely no idea. Forever Young. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. With, with Elijah Wood. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Forever Young, kind of. Yeah, but I would argue kids don't really get anything out of that. Yeah. Um, so. Right, okay, here's a problem with it. Uh, there's a gag that comes up three times in which Mel Gibson tries to rival the other dads in offering up romantic advice to his pubescent grandson. And Mel Gibson's character's advice is simply walk up to the girl, grab her, plant one on her, and when you're done, slap her on the ass and say, thanks, sweetheart. This is played for comedic effects. 
They do it three times. At one point, the act is actually taken and the result is deemed to be positive and i'm sorry but mm, if you can remove kevin spacey from an entire movie in five weeks there is not you can get you can get rid of three jokes in this movie that's not funny um it's not something should be allowed in a film at this particular moment in time anyway uh read the room people that is not going to go down well this weekend no no it's it's really not uh especially not in something that you are then marketing as a family film outside of that the dad dynamic is about as funny but a bit watered down they've removed a lot of the sharp edges from mark Wahlberg's character they've neutered him quite a bit and as such he doesn't seem to have much personality beyond i'm just here to bicker with will ferrell uh there's a a, a subplot involving linda cardellini the mum and mark Wahlberg's wife in which the whole rivalry is meant to be she's so much more gorgeous and intimidating than i am and you're thinking this would probably work better if you weren't having linda cardellini of all people act this one out because i'm pretty sure if anyone's remembering a you know a beautiful woman being in this movie Mm. it's probably linda cardellini you know because there's a whole generation of kids who now have this ingrained image of her as velma from scooby-doo and yeah fetishes abound uh my own in particular anyway um it's john lithgow doesn't get a whole heap to do outside of being john lithgow in third, uh, third rock from the sun mode you know you've seen him do it you know he can do it I'm well fine it's it's fine it's a, you know it's a little ineffectual at this stage because we've seen him do it so many times and then there's mel gibson being mel gibson and i kind of felt through the end of this like it's a shame we didn't have american dad 30 years ago because if you'd cast mel gibson as stan smith and gotten him to play exactly like this then you got a movie hmm. uh other than that that's really all you can take away from it john cena doesn't quite get the great returning cameo that you'd hope for although he does steal the film with the use of a certain populist Christmas pop song that you will now see in an entirely different light. And also that the writers of this movie, who, by the way, are returning from the first one, same as directors, don't seem to have discovered the point of in the slightest. It's a very, very essential Christmas pop song. Believe me, you could not get any further away from the point of that song if you tried. There is, however, a gag involving Liam Neeson that will absolutely have you howling and is probably better than anything in the actual film. It's just like Ted 2. Kind of like Ted 2. Uh, it is, though, on balance, it's, it's a 6 out of 10 movie, but it is enjoyable and it is funny at times. I did laugh. There's a lot of callbacks to gags from the first movie. That works. A couple of them don't. That's that's all we want, then. That's That's all you want. It is infinitely better, though, than Bad Mom's Christmas. Alas, it is not our film of the week. I wonder what is. (laughs) I'm going to give it to Battle of the Sexes, to be honest. Yeah, I I really like that. What are you going Um, to? Suburbicon is good, but has problems uh beach rats we'll talk about the podcast extras uh but yeah i I would definitely go with battle of the sexes i think that's really worth seeing but uh, i mean anything you're gonna see this weekend i'm gonna go to a christmas market on uh saturday so am i i don't know where i have absolutely no idea where Wortley Hall is one. Wortley Hall. I but, uh, in, in terms of cinema, uh, Murder on Bureau Express still <laughs> is still on the list. I may um, well find the time. And, and I, I am going to see Battle of Sexes because, well, it's great, isn't it? It's yeah. Amazing, yeah. It, is, it is good. You should absolutely see it. So uh, let's have a look what we've got next week. So, oh, oh, next week we've got the return of Dan Stevens. Dan mm. Stevens going Dickens on us. It's the man who invented Christmas. Yeah. We, Qu- Chris Plummer's in it. Chris Plummer's in it, yeah. It was Kevin Spacey. Was it? Yeah. Uh, Stop <laughs> tricking me with Spacey. I can't believe you've managed to fool me with that twice now. That's got, like, whole new implications. Like. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> next week as well, we've got Wonder. 
which oh, yeah. you've got to be looking forward to wonder. Mm. Uh, we've got Most Beautiful Island, which has been quite heavily marketed on the uh, on the uh, on the tube in London. Uh, we've got never Lou- heard of it. Never heard of it. Okay. <laughs> we've got Lou Over the Wall, which is an anime uh, feature. We've got Happy End, which I know very little about. I must confess. Uh, Love is thicker than water is next week, and Dolores, which appears to be a documentary of sorts. But it's not about Dolores from Westworld. Not about Dolores from Westworld. It's not Shame. about. It's not the story of the making of Dolores Claiborne either. <laughs> So, uh, we've got all those to come and more next week off screen. In the meanwhile, this has been a Candy Store production for On Screen. I've been Vancouver. I've been Case Allen. And we shall return. Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Off Screen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Okay. I ordered myself a Krispy Kreme uh, donut on Sunday. Because you were seeing Justice League and you thought, I'll, I'll treat myself in advance. That is exactly the reason. No, that's, that makes absolute sense. And that I, is it. I, I, I yeah. would as well. I was like, if I'm going to go into a sugar coma... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 I think so. If, if my eyes are going to explode because of this, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to treat myself first. Total confession. Dur- during the screening of Justice League that I attended, mm. um, I dozed off for ten minutes. Oh, right, yeah. I was so bored. Yeah. I genuinely that bored. I actually fell asleep for ten minutes, and the worst part was it was one of those those in cinema naps mm. where you're not entirely asleep, I love so you're those kind of following the film. Yeah, you know I, the kind. I get that. I got that during uh, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer a yeah, couple uh, of weeks ago. I did as well. If you remember, I, yeah, I was following yeah. it, but I, I definitely fell asleep. I definitely <laughs> napped. Yeah, but we both followed it because we were both trading glances and sort of shocked expressions. Yeah, and then there's a bit where there's a really like piercingly loud noise, and I think it woke everyone up. <laughs> So I think that was a strategic move on the director's part. Speaking of sleeping in films, uh, the star, you know the the, the star, the, the Christmas nativity movie yes. we just, just yeah. reviewed. Um, this uh, the, during the press show yesterday, everybody was asleep. At one point, I found God. myself sat between someone and someone. I'm not going to name them because that's just disrespectful. But uh, yeah. Mr. X and Mrs. Y. Yeah, Mr. X and Mr. Y or, or Mrs. Y. I'm not, I'm not gender differentiating. Everybody in the 2017. room. Everyone in the room was asleep. You know the only two people awake? Who? Alan Frank, Nigel Andrews, who were laughing like gibbons down the front. <laughs> they were loving it. They were they were just having the time of their lives, just laughing like gibbons at this this nativity movie. But uh, yeah, really, really weird yeah. movie. Uh, shall, shall we Strange address thing. Justice League before we do this? I think we should movie. we should talk about it now because obviously during uh, the top five, uh, we just we had a bit of a chat about it. We, very brief. We, very yeah. brief. We didn't. Do a full review because reasons. Because reasons. Because yeah. Warners. Yeah. Yeah. But we've both seen it. We've both seen it now. I saw it on Sunday. Krispy Kreme in hand. You, giant you, coffee in the other. You WhatsApped me when you got out of the cinema. I didn't know I what did. you'd been doing. You just WhatsApped, you WhatsApped me and you just said <laughs> I, the I, words. I feel, I feel like it needed no context. <laughs> you, no context. No prep. You just yeah. sent me the words, well, that was a dumpster fire. Yeah. And I somehow instinctively knew what you were talking about, mm. which was great. Was it on sun- Sunday? It was Sunday yeah. lunchtime when I texted you. Yeah. And, and yeah, Dumpster fire would be, yeah. Well, no, because I mean, a dumpster fire has a point. You know, it can it can provide That's a heat. good point. Yeah, it can provide heat. <laughs> People can crowd around it. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. gather around and enjoy. It can it fire. can burn uh, incriminating uh, evidence like the script of this film that doesn't <laughs> exist. Is this the <laughs> script? Is this the script in which Cyborg says the mother box that brought me back to life only worked on the night that Superman died? It's probably the same one. Yeah, despite yeah. the fact that we know that Wonder Woman watched a video of that happening before yeah. Superman died, like several hours before Superman died. The same mm, Wonder Woman. The same is, one. Yeah. yeah. The same Wonder Woman, incidentally, who says, "I'm only." doing this for him in reference to a character she's never actually spoken directly to no like she 
she fought in the same general vicinity of him for yeah. nine minutes. Yeah, totally. And uh, that's that's it, really. Um, <laughs> I didn't, right, in hindsight, I didn't 100% dislike it. There were a few elements that I did think were fine. What did you like? I have interest. I liked a couple of scenes. I like, as, as I said to you, there was a scene on, uh, on Fermascara that I think... Instead of just liking the whole thing, I think it was a good idea. You like, I think you like the concept of it. Like, that's the thing. The things I like, I like the concept of it, but then the execution... Just... Oh, for me, that's the problem. The film's full of these little concepts yeah. that don't go anywhere. Um, I mean, there's, there's a bit where Aquaman is sat on the Lasso of Truth, and that's, that, oh, that yeah. is 100% Joss Whedon. It is. It's also a gag lifted directly from... Which one of the animated movies was it? It's lifted from one of them. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you know. I think it happens to Flash in animated form. Right, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, not this version where he's basically Jan Yu from The Good Place. But uh, yeah. he really is. He really is, yeah. Jan Yu. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. I, I don't know why Commissioner Gordon's in it at all. Um, I don't know why No, poor, poor J.K. I mean, J.K. Simmons signed up for that because hopefully it was going to lead to a franchise. I love that... Uh, and Commissioner Gordon is a great role. Right, yeah, that and... Uh, you do right. <laughs> Wonderful's completely lopped out, despite the fact that he's still on the credits. Yeah, that... Yeah, I know, so that's what I... Yeah, uh, yeah that has been in the news today. Jason Moe said there is loads that has been mm. lopped out, especially in relation to Aquaman, but he it says it's all... It's, it's not an Aquaman film. Obviously, yeah. but whether it's not a Wonder Woman film, it's not. I mean, I looked at yeah. Amber Heard playing Mera, and I just thought, oh, you, you found uh, waterproof cover-up. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, because obviously this was filmed mm. way back when. Yeah, yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, I remember that. A, a lot has happened. A lot has. We've already spoken about. It seems it just see we live in really weird times as celebrities, don't we? Yeah. I mean, Pistol and Boo's arch nemesis has now been sacked. Well, he's resigned, hasn't he? The Australian minister who tried to kill Johnny Depp's dogs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He resigned. I was sad to see him go, Barnaby Joyce. That's a great name. Yeah. I love that all the Australian PMs have all got very Australian names. <laughs> like this one's called Malcolm. And yeah, it's great. Um, me and me and my wife are having a conversation. Uh, we're talking about Christmas films. And, okay. uh, and Home Alone 2 came up. And I said, when we're watching this in future with our kids, yeah. our kids are going to see the scene with Donald Trump. And they're just yes. going to say... Why is the president there? Did you know that that movie is 25 years old as of this week? I did know that, yeah. yeah weird, huh? Crazy. Starring future president Donald Trump. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Yeah, who will just ably assist uh, an absentee child in New York. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the implications are... Great model model yeah. there. Did you hear what you were saying about Al Franken? No, I haven't. He's, he's called Al Franken... Uh, Al Frankenstein. Yes, he, I did hear that one. So, he loves yeah. nicknames, doesn't he? Yeah, Because, uh, does. no, obviously... Um, there's been a lot of controversy regarding Al, Al Franken in the last couple of mm. weeks and there was a photo that surfaced of him when I think it must have been like 15-20 years ago and he's not groping um, a lady but like he's he's making like yeah. like a lewd gesture yes yes lewd say. gesture and, and because of that obviously there's been calls for him to step down and there's been a whole thing but then Trump was like kind of just like leading the charge on it and just saying how dare he out like this and you know, at the rate that Trump likes to talk about <laughs> like, nonsense. No, no irony at all in that. Uh, at the yeah. rate that he just spews nonsense. I, we're, we are mere days away from a tweet telling us that Justice League was the greatest film of the year, surely. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I, I'll tell you one thing I liked in Justice League, and it's literally the yeah, only thing. Yeah, it's gone. The only thing. Other than, not, not just the shorter running time. Yeah, not just yeah. the fact that it was shorter, not the fact that it ended, which I did think was the greatest thing about it. Um, but... Oh, I hated one of those post-credits scenes. Oh. I hated it so much. Is, is it the one that borrows a costume directly from Arrow? 
I'm, um, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I didn't hate that one, but I think that it's a difficult thing to. Oh, is that the one that Smallville did better? Yes, Smallville yes. did the exact same scene, yeah. but better. Yeah, and with a point and some humour. Because mm. you know, it's just filled with jokes, and none of them. The whole film is filled with jokes that aren't funny. None of them are funny. No, it's it's like a DreamWorks movie. Anyway, um, it's like jokes by committee, isn't it? It kind of is. But no, uh, the Wonder Woman in Hoban taking on the terrorists, and yeah. Actually, mm. can I address one thing with Justice League? Go on. That, that, I, no one's pointed this out, and it really bugs the hell out of me. Justice League takes place in a world in which there are very few windows. There is only a window in a room in Justice League. That's a it, metaphor, isn't it? I know. <laughs> it, but a window only appears in a room in Justice League when it serves an actual po- point relating to a set piece. So, someone's got to jump for it. I'm rem- yeah, exactly. I'm remembering two moments. One, Wonder Woman kicks a dude out of a Hoban window. Hmm. Two, Cyborg stands longingly at a window. At a window, yeah. Right. Other than that, there are no windows in any of the rooms to the extent that Bruce Wayne and Alfred fly across the world in their own private jet, branded with Wayne Enterprise, which implies it's a corporate private jet, that has no windows. Now, what kind of plane has no windows? I, I can understand the Batcave having no windows, hmm. but a plane? Really? Maybe he's seen all he needs to see of the world. <laughs> he doesn't need to do the touristy thing and like look out at the, the, the Pacific. <laughs> and he, it's not like he has to fight someone for for like an aisle seat, like I do. I just want, uh, <laughs> you know that line. What's your superpower? I'm rich. Would that yeah. not have been so much funnier and actually kind of weird fan service if his just if his line had just been I'm Batman? It's definitely more fan service. Yeah, fan but I think it would have worked better. And also, it would have been an immediate meme. It would just instantly would have become a meme. Yes, maybe uh, that's why we didn't do it. Uh, yeah, because God forbid there's any actual fun yeah. to be had. I don't, I don't hate that line, I'm yeah. rich, but... I liked it better when Tony Stark said it like a decade ago. But it's, it's the fact that it's used in the trailer, I'd prefer it to just be a thing. Just a throwaway yeah. line in film and not have like as much kind of onus on it. I, I, would, I do want to point out, I mean, I don't know what the actual logistical travel time is from Gotham to uh, Norway, but... Uh, it's by, a fast jet. Ju- judging by the length jet. of that beard that Affleck sported. And he, 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 did, he actually I did mean, it by horse, didn't he, as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, plain horse. It, it was a long journey. Is it Norway? I thought it was Iceland. Is it Iceland? I think it's Iceland. Okay, so it's even closer then. Okay. Yeah, so, there you go. We definitely yeah. did it by horse now. <laughs> so, yeah, so we probably did I mean, a whole way on horse, and he's got like a two-week beard. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was a really long He's, he's just a very masculine fellow. That's what happens, because his plane doesn't have any windows, so he's not getting any sunlight. So he just, yeah, the beard just comes through. That's what he's, it is. He's got no vitamin C. <laughs> okay, can I do a real quick review, though? So I, yes. want, I want to talk about breaks, um, which... I just saw an advert for this just pop up on my computer. Oh, really? Yeah, like, okay. literally right here. Oh, that I, is bizarre. Oh, yeah, I'm shocked, because I didn't think this had any marketing to it. Whatsoever. Well, I, I didn't know who was in it, and I can tell you right now that uh, Julian Barrett is in it. And no fielding. And no fielding. So a Bush reunion yeah. of sorts. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, it also stars... Is it Julia Davis is the name of the yep. girl. So Julia Davis is in there. Uh, Kerry Fox. Uh, I'm trying to think who else is. Martin Hancock. There's a lot of who's who of sort of... The kind of Bush-level comedy. Bush-level, almost Gavin, Sp- Gavin Stacey comedy. I want to say mm. Gavin Spacey, then. Uh, Can't so, say that. Sorry, I saw I saw Superman Returns this morning. and yeah, Oh, so, did you? Yeah, I did. I feel like Spacey has now become a verb. It kind of has, yeah. To Spacey, so it has. But no, so this is written and directed by Mercedes Grower. And now I say written by, it's written by Mercedes Grower with contributions from the cast. That's the official credit. What this actually is, is is a nearly completely improvised film. So, you know, she's gone and directed it, and she's pretty much given them free reign. And what it takes the form of is a series of 
Oh, no, I'm trying to think of a comparative uh, project. It's a bunch of disconnected romance plots, mm. and they all just take place in London. And different sets of characters having different storylines. And Oh, is it a bit like that? What was that Tom Hardy film that came out years ago? Tom Hardy one? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like an anthology, but it's all... It's set outside, and is it... So like scenes of a sexual something, something like that. Oh yes, yes you I think know, it's scenes of a sexual mean. nature. I think that's what yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like scenes of a sexual nature, only improvised. So, for instance, you've got Julian Barrett is uh, trying to. Uh, Julian Barrett is a uh, a hyperactive gay man who's trying to uh, un- unnaturally prolong a fling that he's having with a, an up and coming stage actor. Mm. You've got um, a sort of a, a, a middle a upper middle class girl who's. Kind of trying to resist starting a relationship with a builder. You've got uh, Noel Fielding, who works in an ice rink, is trying to begin a relationship with a co-worker. And, yeah, it's all shot to look like it was made on um, a late 80s, early 90s camcorder. You know that sort of slightly fuzzy, tracking hasn't quite been set properly, sort of an aesthetic. Mm. Very VHS looking. It's uh, um, in black and in black and white for, for a, a good part of it. Um, it. It's something that you want to work. And there are moments, individual moments here and there, where, particularly with Julian Barrett, for instance, mm. where, because of the improvised nature of it, Julian Barrett does manage to hijack his scenes, for instance, and they start to work better. And right, okay. Noel Fielding, you get the impression, that he was due to be cut out of the movie and then Bake Off happened. And, <laughs> yeah. People like him again. People like him again. Put it back in. Yeah, the improvised stuff works better in the hands of the bigger stars, the more established mm. uh, com- comedians who, who hone their craft more successfully. So like Julian Barrett, like Julia Davis. Uh, the problem is, outside of that, it does feel like a very... Experimental studenty kind of an endeavor. It doesn't feel like it. It's got no mainstream uh, potential in it whatsoever, uh, despite the fact that with the caliber of stars I've got in there, that quite clearly was the intention. And you come away from it all thinking that was now an offer, and and nothing more. It, it happened. It was like Justice League, only for brief points I was interested. But, yeah, so... Yeah, over to you now so for, uh, so for some film news. What have you uh, what have you got for me this week? Uh, a sequel to Murder on the Orient Express has already been greenlit. Well, it hinted at in the film. Uh, I was well. excited not seeing it. I was supposed to be seeing it uh, last night, but some friends dropped out, so well, we ended up not going in. I have not seen it yet, so I, I couldn't possibly comment. Oh, have you not seen it? Have you still not seen it? No, 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 I haven't no. seen it. I, uh, I very nearly had the chance, uh, but I saw Jigsaw again. I'm not. Oh, gonna, I'm, not really? I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you were like, you're fine, man. I'm not going to lie. I had a gap between Daddy's Home Two and Justice League. I had like three hours to fill, but it was that annoying point where it was late at night, so the, the films you could pick were mm. kind of limited, and so I went, ah, Jigsaw. Yeah, yeah. Laura, oh, Van, right. Laura Vandervoort having circular saws thrown at her head. I'll watch that. I had fun watching that. I did as well. I've seen it a second time, and I enjoyed it. As well. I enjoyed nice. it all over again. I, I, I am going to see Murder on Express. I just need to see it really soon. Um, but it has been doing well. It's it been has doing been doing very well. It's, you know, it's been doing well in America. It's well, not. Actually. It's not a mega hit, but it's, it's one of those like decent, respectable, pretty hits, gradual, like yeah. enough to. Warren other stories yeah. and, and obviously tons well apparently loads, the, yeah. the end of it does set up Death on the Nile I think there's yeah, an offhand mention I'm going on holiday to Egypt kind of thing right okay um, so there is that sort of backhanded setup, and now it will be positioned as the as the actual follow as an actual sequel yeah he's he's not signed on just yet Kenneth Branagh but mm. I he's expected to he's though, expected to I would, I would imagine this is something he really enjoyed and uh, I mean who wouldn't enjoy having that moustache I know and you know we might as well get uh, get Ken Branagh to actually turn up for a sequel to one of the movies he directs sooner or later I mean it would be Ooh. nice but, I'm still bitter he, he, I'm sorry Dark World would have been a lot better if Ken Branagh had done it 
All yeah, I'm saying. I do. I don't know why. I did. What, what was the film he did after Cinderella? Was it, was it Cinderella and then he Jack went to Cinderella and then Jack Ryan? Oh no, it was Jack Ryan and then Cinderella. Sorry. No, so that makes even less sense. Yeah, because Cinderella, you would think, oh, it's Zen House sense. at Disney. Disney. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, hmm. yeah Jack Ryan. Because I've, I've still not seen yeah. Jack Ryan. I'm just, I'm not going to see it now. Perfectly, perfectly, you know, cheap and cheerful little thriller. Of course it is, yeah. yeah. Perfectly fine. Yeah, he's, got, he's a Russian bad guy. Got Costner in it. good. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. when is that ever a bad And thing? it's got, you know, Ken Branagh doing the welcome to Russia, Mr. Ryan. Yeah, kind of probably a moment, good. You know, which is, I'm looking forward fun. to be uh, to be John uh, Krasinski. Yeah, when is that, by the way? I, I don't think we've given it a date. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to it, though. It I must be like early next year at this point. Well, I saw the trailer, and uh, the response in the room was was a sort of chorus of, really, more Jack Ryan? Who mm. cares about this character at this point? But uh, Like anything. Well, my response do, is... Do something uh, interesting with it, and yeah. then... My people, response is Alec Baldwin, instantly. That's who cares about that character right, yeah. at this point. <laughs> they ever do that's a great film. Because <laughs> in the books, Jack Ryan becomes president, eventually. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't know. So that. The, in one in, in the books, he does eventually get elected president. president. That's amazing. And I can't help but think that's when you get Alec Baldwin back. Yeah, yeah. Also, the irony of Alec that. Baldwin playing a president at this stage. Yeah, not lost on anyone. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's let's check another review in real quick. What have we got? We've got uh, Lost in Paris. Yeah, which is uh, this is a real actually. Do you know what you you probably love this. This, it's very Wes Anderson. Why is it? Oh, right, thanks. No, no, oh. it's, a, it's like... I love, a, I love being stereotyped. But you're literally wearing a check shirt. You're wet... Yeah? What's, 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 what's wrong with that? that that's, that's adhering so completely to your If I was wearing a tweed jacket, then you'd have some, you'd have some cause for stereotyping. <laughs> oh, dear God. No, so this is like a, a sort of amped-up, Frenchified Wes Anderson movie. And uh, the general gist is you've got a Canadian, li- a French-Canadian librarian who journeys to Paris to look after her aunt, um, who's then disappeared. When she arrives, the aunt has disappeared. Um, and she loses her identity documents. And she sort of... She is literally, as the title cleverly suggests, mm. lost in Paris. And she soon crosses paths with uh, a crazy homeless guy named Dom, mm. who just has no filter. And he expresses all his, his feelings, romantic and otherwise... Uh, upon her, and it's it's just this sort of it is a really twee and really quirky uh, kind of film, but it, it really owes that debt to Wes Anderson. It really does feel at times like the mission here is we really we really want our own Wes Andersons. Yeah. So we, what they've done is they've got not one. Surely they've got uh, Michelle Gondry. What you'd want? Is Michelle Gondry's? Where's he from now? French. Is he French? Yeah. Don't well, know well, Michelle Gondry. Come I on. I thought he was French Canadian. Okay, never mind. I, I'm pretty sure he's okay, French. Well, yeah. fair enough. well, this is directed, written and directed by Fiona Gordon and Dominique Ab- uh, Abel. And uh, they do have a really good handle on the sort of madcap sensibility of it. Um, Emmanuel Riva turns up as the as the aunt. Uh, Dominique a- Abel plays Dom. And uh, Fiona Gordon plays uh, Fiona. And because it's sort of one of those where the filmmakers are actually part of the central, they are literally the two central figures in the cast, mm. there is a, 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 an unmistakable investment in the material that sort of that you know it's like when you get ken brana turning up in a film that he's made himself you know he cares about every individual nuance because he knows how it should go very much the same thing here the only thing is with that amped up wes anderson sensibility it can be a little wearing in that way you know that, that whole a little quirk goes a long way think and how grand budapest was kind of the sweet spot this this does push its luck what are you laughing at me for no yeah you've you've got something of a point something of a point okay but you know i'll tell you grand budapest that's the sweet spot for where's answered all i'm saying moonrise kingdom less so anyway 
Go on. Go I, on. No, no. Yeah. We don't We don't need to get into it. We don't need to get... Okay, that's fine. I feel like someone's never seen uh, Darjeeling Limited. How dare you, sir? <laughs> it's no Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, is it? Anyway, um, yeah, for me, that is one way it goes a bit too far. Yeah. It goes a bit too... <laughs> it does, does <laughs> I, I like it, obviously. Look at me. But, yeah. I do think, though, this this is definitely going to find its audience with the diehard Wes Anderson crowd. With the, you know, died in the wool hipster Oh, great. I'll, I'll let them know of the next club. Put it in your next yeah. newsletter. I will, yeah. Yeah, your next... Uh... Oh, the one that I like, give to a pigeon to send to everyone. Yeah, that yeah, one. yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that that one that's written on none, uh, none of them have got computers. Yeah. yeah, the one that you write on parchment that you you, you tie to badgers and then like mm. shoot them off in the direction of their uh, that's it, yeah. wherever their igloos are or whatever the hell is <laughs> fashionable London igloos that they live in <laughs> in Shoreditch on the high street. You know those See, ones. See, that's the one thing that doesn't really quantify me to be a hipster. You don't live in London. I don't like London. You don't like London. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. I enjoyed when we went the other week. Okay. I think that's because we were seeing free films and I was getting free coffee and free pastries. Well, and you had an amazing pizza. Really? I had a great pizza. Hashtag NYFoldio. Yeah, By the way, was... they don't pay us. Anyway. That was really good. We have to keep reinforcing that they are not paying us for <laughs> <laughs> You seriously, go on my personal Instagram feed. I'm all over them. I'm, big, I'm a big fan. But, uh, yeah, uh, Lost in Paris, I did, I did enjoy it. But I will admit there are moments when it is faintly trying. It does overcome those, but for the most part, it does work. It, it, the energy is quite infectious. It does work. I had I had fun with it. That's good. That's all. Okay. That's all we need to know. There you are. So uh, some news for me. Some news. Some news. Some news. What have news. we got? News. I did have the news up on my screen. Oh oh oh. Let's. Let's do the horrible discussions now. The horrible discussions now. Okay, okay. So, so this morning or last night? It was last night. Last night. News right. about John Astor came out because we can't have nice things. No, we no, can't we have can't, nice, can't pleasant, nostalgic memories. Charlie Rose yesterday as well. Yeah, that sucks. I know Charlie Rose. Ah, who who are they going to get now to be the default C- uh, sort of uh, CNN style talking head in movies? That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what Charlie Rose was always good for. Just get Gail King. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Apparently she was on Colbert, like, last night. Oh, I've got the episode. I've, I've, I've not watched it yet, but I can imagine that is tough. But Lasseter has, uh, ta- he's not stepped down, he's taking a leave of absence. I, I think he's essentially stepped down. Yeah, because but... he is so high up, obviously, we can't just say... It's, so, it's, so he's, he's taking a six-month leave of absence. For missteps, is the quote. Yeah, yeah, so something that got reported yesterday was uh, the phrase uh, unwanted hugs, which is something I never <laughs> want. I never want to hear it ever again. <laughs> unwanted hugs, just unwanted hugs. It, it's a term, isn't it, that should be kind of uh, should be kind of sweet and nice, but because it's got hugs in it, but yeah. really just suggests something absolutely horrible. And I'm I'm heartbroken because he's John Master. He's John Master. He's brought so much fantastic love to our lives. He has so many great shirts. I know. I know his shirt collection is amazing. Yeah, but um, I was talking to some some guys at work about it today and mm. uh, um, one of my friends at work he'd, he'd seen there's, there's a documentary about Pixar I've seen as well and it, it, I, I think I have as well yeah, yeah and it the one with the white cover and like a pencil drawing of Buzz yes, Lightyear on yeah that one and obviously he talks to John Astor in great detail he and does, yeah. he shows the interview like around his offices and he's got like rooms just full of Pixar toys I know memorabilia and merch and it's like oh this guy's incredible and like look at all the stuff that he's created and obviously you don't know the extent of like you don't know how far these stories go no you don't like 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 with all of these they have singled out one incident in particular involving Rashida Jones yes but she has said that 
is like he is not the reason why she stepped down from yeah. Toy Story Four. I didn't realize that they stepped down. Actually. I didn't. I, I didn't, didn't realize that, that until today. Either, actually, when I found out, like, oh, okay, I didn't know they quit, but fine. That's- yeah. That's fine. Um, He's not directing it, though. That might be a telling thing as well, because that was announced a while ago that he was no longer going to be directing it. Mm. I don't know who is. It's not one of the immediate Pixar brain trust. So can I hate on something now? Uh, Yeah, because we we don't do that. No, we don't do that. Can I hate on something that begins with a hashtag? Uh, Yeah. What is it? So hashtag Staff Crow. Right. Which officially is titled Staff Crow, but actually... Why is it hashtag Staff Crow? I don't know why they've come up with hashtag Staff Crow. Uh, This posits this. I think I've got this written down somewhere. Hang on. I've got their actual... uh, From their actual press kit, they have described themselves as... uh, They've described this film as being the world's first selfie movie. So it's... uh, Yeah. As the first, quote, selfie movie... Hashtag Starfcrow is like nothing you've seen before. Blurring fact with fiction, Starfcrow is controversial and groundbreaking. It pioneers a new genre called hyperreal. Low-budget indie feature films that look like they really happened, with actors inventing their own characters, improvising scenes, filming themselves and each other. Right, that's not called hyperreal, that's called Snapchat. Mm. Right, so what you've got... I'm 28, you need to explain to me what Snapchat is. Snapchat is basically, uh, it's a platform that uh, young men use to Mm. send images of their genitals to young young women slash potential lovers, uh, prospective future lovers. Right. Uh, But the idea is that because there's a timer on the image, you can only see that image for a designated period, so it's like three seconds, five seconds, ten seconds. Um, But you can take a screenshot of it. No, if you screenshot it, it tells the other person. Oh, does it tell? Yeah, them it now? tells the other right. person. It's always that's been the whole thing. Has, has that has always been the always way? been the case? Yeah, they yeah. screenshotted you, and uh, yeah. So basically, imagine that as a movie. Only instead of a ten-second timer, this runs for I think it's eighty-six minutes, and boy, you're going to feel every one of them. It generally purports to be about a couple, uh, a sort of recently reunited couple who she wants some space, goes away with friends, and this whole thing is shot through, like, CCTV and and iPhone cameras and and all in black and white and, and stuff like that, and or artificial grain mm. added. And uh, whilst they are in the uh, in this sort of remote uh, lodge, this group of friends, remote sort of, you know, home in a bit of forest kind of thing, you know, like a nice, fancy, hipstery glass home. Um, whilst they're sitting around drinking and telling really, really outdated jokes about Superman and Wonder Woman, um, which in turn they come... Oh, right, Justice League. Well, remember, they, <laughs> Kevin Bacon told the same joke in Hollow Man. Yes, he did. Just <laughs> saying. Um, whilst this is going on, they are set upon by uh, three masked maniacs with weapons. And um, the, the footage is disjointed, and it flashes back, and it flashes forward, and yeah... None of it works, none of it's entertaining, none of it's even vaguely interesting to look at or endure. Um, I want to point out as well, I mean, genuinely, the most interesting thing about this movie, other than the fact that someone actually thought they'd get away with releasing it, um, is that if you go onto their official website and pull up their Twitter page, uh, uh, just go to the bottom where their actual Twitter feed is, is it snippets are broadcast on their actual official website. I'm going to show you this so you know I'm not making it up. This is from their actual Twitter feed, and it says, At Ocado, I need to change my order by 11pm, or else, I ne- or else I need to cancel it. When are you expecting to be back up? So um, I hope the producers of Staff Crow uh, got their Ocado order, and I think it says a lot about the making of Staff Crow that it was catered for by Ocado. I'm going to leave that there. So, <laughs> And that's all I'm going to say about that for now. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Over to you, 
over to you, well, Mr. Allen. That's, that was a thing. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> yeah. So, over to you. Um, the Fantastic Beasts uh, sequel has a title. It does. Yeah. I think it's amazing. Please tell me what the title is. You think it's amazing? I'll explain why. I am so indifferent. Uh, it's uh, Fantastic Beasts 2, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Yes. Mansplain yeah. away, then. I'm going to mansplain away. Please allow me to find... It's it's the single greatest tweet anyone has ever put out in relation to a film. So, um, Screen Rant put on Twitter an article. Fantastic Beasts, colon. What actually are the crimes of Grindelwald? Followed by a picture of Johnny Depp. And what do you think the first reply to that was? It's a picture of Amber Heard. There we are. Spousal, Spousal abuse, abuse, question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Warner's taken some real flack, haven't they? Because nobody seemed to remember that the first Fantastic Beast movie ended with the reveal that Johnny Depp was the villain. Yeah. So, yeah, you can understand that most people now, a year later, are a bit iffy on the subject. Absolutely, yeah. Here's my thing. When did that come out? Cause it, it, I mean, because of all this everything coming out recently, mm. it feels like an absolute lifetime ago. The Johnny Depp thing? Yeah. I'm sure it was about a year ago now. Right. Wasn't it? It was around the time of Alice Through the Looking Glass. I was say, what, what was before. he promoting? It was a month before Through the Looking Glass. Because that, was, that was last year, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because they blamed the financial underperformance on of yeah, on yeah. the negative controversy surrounding uh, Johnny Depp. But, yeah. So, yeah, they're going to get some flack because uh, Johnny Depp is there. Yeah, they really are. Have you seen the motion poster, though, where it looks like Johnny Depp's assaulting all the other oh, cast no, I've, members? Oh, no, I've heard about it. Right, so basically what happens is it's meant to look like he, his wand goes off and everyone else gets clouded in smoke. What it actually looks like is Johnny Depp has broken wind and the ensuing fart cloud is encompassing the rest of the cast. And once you see that, Amazing. I promise you can't unsee it. I'm going to try to find it now. <laughs> Please do. Um, I can tell you for a fact it is on the Curzon Sheffield Facebook feed because my friend Nigel put it on there. <laughs> That's where I saw it. Let's go there. <laughs> so, um, Curse yeah. on Sheffield. Curse on Sheffield. I'll let you find that. Well, shall I start the next review then? Which is a final yes, review of the podcast. Yeah. So, Beach Rats. I don't know if you've heard of this. Um, not, no. There's been a, a, a low level of anticipation for this. It evidently it had uh, sort of a positive reception at certain fest, at certain, uh, I would say, trendier festivals. I would say more indie festivals. Um, it stars Harris Dickinson, um, and it's uh, it's written and directed by uh, Eliza Hitman. Um, it is when you look at the poster, you would assume this is a German, French, European uh, foreign language film. It's not. It is set in Brooklyn. The idea is you've got um, a teenager, Frankie who is, he's like any Brooklyn teenager, he just wants to hang out with his friends, he wants to get high, he wants to get laid. But unbeknownst to his family, his mum and sister, and his and his friends, um, he's actually leading something of a double life. So every night, he finds himself on uh, 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 all-male, uh, sort of, not dating it, uh, what do you call it, like a, a cam site. Like a cam site where you meet people, what do you think, chat roulette kind of a thing. Right, Chat yeah. Roulette. Yeah. Got, that's a really old one now. I, I apologise. But I, I know what you're getting at. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. So he, he meets anonymous men online, and then he, he, he encounters them in the real world for uh, for basically for clandestine, clandestine sexual experiences. <laughs> and this lead this coincides with him beginning a relationship uh, with uh, Simone. I've got a funny story to tell you about the actress who plays her in a moment as well. Uh, Simone, who's a young girl about his same age, with whom he experiences uh, quote unquote 
a regular teenage relationship for the first time as well. So in the one hand, you have the experience of he's coming to terms with his with his homosexuality, and on the other hand, he's coming to terms with his quote unquote heterosexuality. Which one is real? The film never quite uh, settles on, so it allow it allows him to walk the line between the two, and he himself refuses to define it, whilst at the same time having to keep it all a secret from his his circle of friends and his family. Um, so Simone is played by the actress Madeline Weinstein. And uh, she's very, very good. Um, I will point out, though, <laughs> and I'm going to show you this on the iPad so you know I'm not making up. Please look at the last line of her bio on IMDb. So you get... Yeah, you <laughs> she get, is amazing. Well yeah, done. You get her bio, which explains, you know, she went to this school, she learned this. And at the end of this paragraph, it says, she would also like everyone to know that she is not related to Harvey Weinstein. So, yeah, I imagine that's only been added for about a fortnight. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Harris Dickinson uh, as the lead, he's tremendous. Really great performance. Uh, and I think uh, a big part of it, I think, is that he's not, uh, he's giving you a performance in which he has gone into this with a fully formed and fully realised idea of what the, who and what this character is. And that that he has that idea and we don't is something that he absolutely toys with us in a very subtle, very clever way. Um, there is, uh, there's, there's a, a, a sequence uh, involving, when he comes in from a, he has an altercation in a club he goes home and his mother tries to sort of find out what's up with him there's just this a lot of it is silence very minimal dialogue but it's just this fantastic scene uh kate hodges his mom absolutely terrific as well um it's his performance that absolutely makes this film i think eliza hitman's done a great job with the with the actual production of it but i do think it's harris dickinson all the way he is the absolute star of this he's a real fine i can't you reminded me a lot remember the actor joe cole Young British actor. He turns yes. up something about every three years. Briefly reminds you that he's actually quite good, and then he disappears from the three mm. years. But, I know you mean. Yeah. Very much he's got that kind of a presence, and I can't wait to see what he does next. <laughs> so, uh, any more news for me, sir, to finish this out this week? Uh, yeah, we've got a couple of little bits. What have we got? Uh, so, the plot details for Quentin Tarantino's next film have now officially been revealed. I don't know what this is. Go on. Do you not know? I don't you know. know. I don't know. Uh, well, this is the film that we thought was with Charles Manson. Yeah, remember, I'm in a bubble for two days a week, so... Oh, yes, you are. Yeah. But you're in a London film bubble, so... It's a London film bubble. Think. But, like, film news and things. It's all bypass yeah. news. Uh, this is the film that everyone thought was about uh, Charles Manson. Yeah. Um, coincidentally enough. Uh, coincidentally died this week, didn't he? Yes, he did, yeah, a couple yeah. of days ago. That took about, long enough. Very strange. He was, he was 83. Good lord. Yeah, so when uh, some details came out, everyone thought that this was about Charles Manson. It was purely about the Manson murders because mm-hmm. Margot Robbie was being sought to play uh, Sharon Tate, yeah. who was obviously murdered by the Manson family. Um, he's now said that it's not about just Charles Manson, but the Manson murders served as something of a backdrop, and it's about 1969. Like a Summer of Sam kind of thing. That's yeah. essentially what it is. Summer of Sam? Son of Sam? Son of Sam? Uh, uh, Summer of Sam. Summer of Sam. The uh, Spike Lee. Yeah, yeah, the Spike Lee joint. Spike yeah. Lee joint, yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Leonardo DiCaprio are still being sought after for lead roles. Um, it's going to be out a, uh, a failing movie star who wants to really crack it in, in Please business. Please cast Tom Cruise for that. And his stuntman. Oh, wow. Okay. So Tom Cruise is going for one, Brad Pitt is going for the other. Ah, oh, I'm intrigued. Doesn't he now have a studio? You know, oh, and that, Sony, that was the other news. Uh, there was a big bidding war for it, and now Sony have it. Because huh. obviously... Ain't going to the Weinstein Company. <laughs> no. No. Um, so, yeah, uh, Sony have got it. Okay. And it will be in theatres in 2019. Does so it not release it through Sony Pictures Classics? I think it will. I think it will do. But, uh, <laughs> to give it extra art house. Art right, house right now it's got the title of Nine, because it's his ninth film. Well, yeah. 
Well, do you know what? Fine. Uh, I mean, isn't it set in, set in 1969? Isn't 1969. It? You could literally call it 69. I mean... <laughs> oh. <laughs> you could. I don't think that's, that's, a, the, that's a bad thing. What's but... the line in Goon when he's choosing his number? Choose 69. 69. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. You know, I've still not seen the second Goon. Did you, did you catch it? Uh, I did, yes. Yeah. yeah I, was, I, was, I was one of the few people I think that really enjoyed it. Yeah. But I still admit it's not a patch on the first one. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, the first one was really great. Did I review that with you, or were you off at that point? Oh, I don't know. I think you, I think you were off. I think Colson was on the show. Yeah, might have been off. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was good. But Wyatt Russell was great in it. Oh, he man needs his own franchise. He, he really does. Yeah. I didn't realize though that guy actually was a hockey player. Like that oh, was, yeah. he, he was a professional hockey player. Yeah. In was it Denmark or or Holland? It was something like that. Somewhere yeah. like that. Yeah, somewhere you wouldn't have expected. But yeah, and okay. Um, yeah, he's he's great though. Although, you know, just thinking about him now really makes me want to watch Ingrid Goes West again. It's a good film. It is a good film. You know what else yeah. is a good film? I watched last night for the first that? time in ages. Um, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. Don't know if that's a good film, but it's enjoyable. It is enjoyable. Oh, it's not a good film. Sorry, it's a terrible yeah. movie, but it's very enjoyable. <laughs> so I, I, I had it on. So I, was, I was journeying back. I was on the train back from London last night, and I was watching Gone 60 Seconds. And, you know, I was just tweeting away, you know, as I do. And the next thing I knew, I was, I was inundated with DMs. And and a couple of tweets offering up quote choice quotes from Gone in sixty seconds. That's what people do, and uh, I, I'm happy to say that uh, we actually had a moment of cage pitched to us for this week. No way uh, by Nick Barker, my fr- a friend of the show actually, he's a mutual friend through John Colson. Um, Nick Barker, who has suggested this week's moment of cage as a reward, I sent him the Nicholas Cage digital bling for this week. As, a, as, a, as <laughs> by, by way of a maybe thank you. we should have like Nick Cage badges made and oh. when you. When you come up with a moment of cage, we send you a badge. Yeah. Do you know what? That, I will take that bet. That's a good idea. Okay, if you pitch us a moment of cage, we will send you a Nicolas Cage badge. And you'll be welcomed into the cage. Yeah, you'll be welcomed into the cage of on-screenness. Yeah. So, <laughs> off-screenness in <laughs> you, this case. You, you will be in the Nicolas Cage. You'll be in the Nicolas Cage, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so on which note, we'll here it is, your moment of cage. You're late. Wait, you're going to argue with me over 12 minutes? I just stole 50 cars for you in one night. All right, I'm a little tired, a little wired, and I think I deserve a little appreciation. 